hello, and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson, and I'm your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and benefit of God's people. Here, we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this episode in particular greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, today um, I'm joined by Jason Rowland, who is the standard co-host of this uh, podcast with me today, and we're looking forward to this episode. Um, This is our first episode of the month of March, and we've had a great couple of first months of the year. I hope that you as the listener have enjoyed the content that's been coming out And today is going to be more of a pastorally focused episode, a great question that I think many people either have asked or maybe have been wanting to ask and maybe are are afraid to ask it. Maybe they think, well, I should probably already know the answer to this question, but that's okay. We're going to help you out today. We're going to attempt to give you some good stuff to answer the question, um, why should I join a church or what about church membership? I'm confused about it. I'm not sure that I see a precedent for it in the Bible. All sorts of things surrounding this. So I'm going to pass this to Jason. First of all, Jason, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Duffy. It is good to be with you. And this is an important episode because we're asking, is it necessary for me to join a local church? And the reason that we're asking that is because we are beginning for the month of March in 2023 um, a new members class, and we do it during our Sunday school hour. And we do it for four weeks. And sometimes it goes five weeks. We, we're always pretty flexible with our time. But it's important for our, our prospective members to be a part of that class. And we encourage that. We encourage uh, then after the class is completed, if people continue to desire to pursue membership, we get into membership interviews and we bring them before the congregation. It is voted on at a members meeting. And uh, then they, the last step is that they sign the church covenant. So yeah. we take membership seriously. We do. We do. And we want uh, the people to understand um, the importance of it. And, and the reason is because we want to shepherd well. Yes. Uh, we want to shepherd the people that God would bring into the congregation. We want to be good stewards as elders and staff to love them and to serve them. Absolutely. And to lead them. And we would rather do our due diligence on the front end than we would have them going out the back door and not even really noticing or even worse, not even caring. So this is why we do this. And so sometimes our membership process is actually um, questioned. It's a bit of a deterrent sometimes, isn't it? It is. It is. It's misunderstood, I think, sometimes. And we, we have to be careful to communicate well about it. Uh, the membership interview seems to be the biggest That can be intimidating. Yeah, yes. Absolutely yes, so. Yes, yeah. yes. And all we're doing there is giving people an opportunity to ask questions about what went on in the membership class um, to be sure that they have, um, a, we have a good understanding of their understanding of the gospel, their explanation of the gospel. We ask them um, to answer the question, what is the gospel? Um, one of the things that came out of one of the last membership interviews, I was encouraged by this, but you know, on Sunday mornings, we do a little, um, 
encouragement, a, a little catechism, if you will. And we say, yes. uh, we're here to worship the triune God through praise, prayer, and proclamation, always pointing to the cross, the symbol of the good news that Jesus Christ, uh, as incarnate God, lived the life that we could never live, and he died the death that we all deserve. Somebody used that, those words. That is amazing. It is. Yes, and that's one of my favorite things about our church service, that we begin our church service every Sunday with a proclamation of what the gospel is. And that is what we unify ourselves around. Yes. That is what binds us together in an affirmation of the truth of the gospel because we have been changed by the gospel, right? Right. And that is what we need every day. We need to be reminded of that. Amen. Amen. And of course, we're bound by the Spirit and the Holy Spirit indwells us. But the message, we, we believe that Romans uh, 1, 16 and 17, as Paul wrote, that we believe powerfully that the, uh, the gospel is the means by which God saves sinners and that it is the power of God for them um, in that. So yes, and there are so many other things. And we, we don't want this episode to be super long. We want this to kind of just be a really um, a helpful episode in walking through a few things um, regarding the question of church membership. Right. And so this episode will come out the, the, as you said earlier in the introduction, it will be the first episode of the month of March in 2023. We will have already started the membership class with the first meeting, which is Sunday, March the 5th. However, most of what we'll be talking about in that first meeting actually will be on this podcast episode. That's great. So we'll have we'll we'll have opportunity to if if you're interested in joining Believers Baptist Church or you're interested in just pursuing that and see if that's something that you want to do, and you're listening to this podcast, uh, then you are basically getting the first class session of the new members class. And that's wonderful. And so this will give you a little taste of what's to come. You know. And in our membership class, we, we cover several great topics. What makes our church distinct? We have some some distinctives that uh, separate is not a good word, but it, it, it marks us off from some other churches that um, people would have particular questions about. And it's helpful for those who are prospective members to say, okay, what is Believer's Baptist all about? Um, what makes them tick? What's, what's the driving pulse behind what we find in the or hear from the pulpit, right? Um, why well, do, and, and the, what are the convictions of Jason and some of the elders uh, doctrinally and theologically? And that's important for folks to know yes. on the front end. Yes, I, and I'm sorry I jumped in on top oh, of no, you. Definitely. No worries, all good. But but the reason for the distinctives um, is so that we can uh, be clear about what we believe. And so some yes. of those distinctives would yes. be um, what is uh, biblical eldership, what is biblical deacon um, work. What, is, what about the role of women? What about um, the biblical family? And, and these would just be clarifying distinctives, not that other churches don't believe these things, but so that you know what you're involving You know yourself. what, exactly, and that, that's so helpful in the front end of things. What am I joining, or what, what, is this, what does this local body hold dear? Um, what does it emphasize? And I think for anyone who's critically thinking about joining a church, those are some great things to know on the front end. Yes. Um, because it, it will either affirm this is where we need to join ourselves, or it will say, you know what, I don't know if this will be a good place for us. Maybe we can find another place. And we would encourage that too. If this isn't a place for you specifically, 
then we would even like to help you maybe find some other place that would be a, a good fit for you and your family. Right. Um, obviously not discouraging. We'd love to have you here, but right. it's just the fact of the matter. Yes, and, and certainly we um, regard membership as important. Highly and, important. And we, we would seek for others who would uh, be interested to join. So we would uh, be glad, as you and, said. And I love in our, our member meetings, we read our church covenant together. And that, if you were to read through that, um, had we had a little bit more forethought, we might have might have brought that uh, today with us for the episode. But if you read through our church covenant, you would see how much we value each person who is a member of this church and the responsibility that we all share and bear with one another in the covenant relationship of membership here at the church. It's a beautiful thing. Well, let's talk about then, try to answer the question, and let's just give, we're not going to be, because of time constraints, be able to give everything. Sure. But what are some reasons? Why is it necessary for me to join a local church? And obviously, and first, I think it's biblical. Yeah. Even though I think the impetus for the question and for this podcast episode is that people don't see it. As clearly, they want a chapter and verse. They want it to be said. You know, Jesus says, "Go join a local church," or they want to see in Paul in First Corinthians, and go join a local church, all you believers. Right? Right. That's we don't find that kind of language in the New Testament. So what do we do? Well, we find plenty of language for being involved with a local church. Um, For example, just thinking through the New Testament letters, those letters are letters to New Testament congregations. And certainly we have the, the letters to Titus and Timothy and Philemon, but but even in those letters, they're still um, implied a corporate working of the uh, truths that are being um, written down, and those letters were to be um, involving all of the believers of a local a congregation or a designated place, and so just the just the way that we have our New Testament laid out for us gives us. Yeah, and I would I would frame that in a situation where we don't have chapter and verse to say join a church, but there's an operating assumption with the authors of the New Testament, specifically in Paul, but also in Peter, very heavily. That there's an assumption that that's already happening. That there is an assumption that a Christian is to join themselves with a church because take Ephesians, for example. There's a lot of commands in the back half of that book, and they are all, if I'm not mistaken, all of them are rooted within the confines of a local gathered assembly. Um, Now, they can have further reaching application, but Paul wrote that letter to the church in Ephesus. And those, the doctrine that he lays out at the beginning of the epistle uh, is for all of life, but it's obviously written in the context of the local church. And the application of that doctrine is given to church members there who would have had that letter read to them. They were all in, you know, uh, yes. they were all in attendance there. So they were gathered, assuming that they would continue in that. And bouncing off of that, even the New Testament images for the church imply church membership. So we have language like the believers are sheep in a flock. They are stones in a spiritual building. Um, They are parts of a body, 
the, the human body as an analogy. There are some of us are arms and some of us are uh, legs. And I hope I'm not a toe or something <laughs> like that. You know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. hey, big toe is important. Right, right. So, so just the, the language yes. of the New Testament it implies is. that it, we're, we're talking about corporate believers together. And, and speaking of the Ephesians letter, Think about chapter 2, where we, we see where Paul writes um, so clearly about our salvation, beginning in verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And we love that. Yes. And it continues, and the emphasis... And a lot of times we stop reading right there, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. where we end. That's all of Ephesians that we know, right? Yes, yes. And we don't continue reading uh, well into chapter 2, even following, and then into chapter 3 and 4. Um, there's just... That's the the glorious truth of our conversion, but then we have the issue of sanctification in the life of the Christian, right? Right, and that's the whole rest of the letter, right? And in fact, think about it in this way: what I just read, and continuing through these first ten verses of the chapter Ephesians two, then we we see that we are reconciled to God by grace through faith. What Christ has accomplished for us by being obedient in this life and atoning death and then his resurrection to to give validity to who he was and what he said and then Paul comes to be to the last part of chapter 2 and he begins to talk about but now in Christ you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two so making peace and the point is this that in the context of the Ephesians writing it is Jew and Gentile that is being referred to but that is who we are. That That is the idea of not only are we reconciled with God, but we're reconciled with one another. Therefore, you join a church, and it's necessary for you to be a part of a local church because you reconcile with others who were sinners like you Amen. and who still struggle. Amen. Amen. And, and even further, I mean, I'm just looking. We're going to keep going in chapter 2 of Ephesians. Verse 19 and following says this. So, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom, in Christ, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I mean, there is just, there's so much we could unpack in this, and we don't have the time. That's not the uh, emphasis of the episode specifically. But what we are trying to communicate is that there is an assumption that there are, that believers are to gather and to 
covenant themselves together um, in community um, to worship the Lord and to edify one another. Right. That's kind of the bottom line. Right. And the very commands of the New Testament, the letters of Peter, Paul, yes. particularly um, speak to the corporate outworking of the spiritual life that we're living, the, the sanctification that becomes necessary that to love one another, to seek peace and unity with one another, to avoid strife, to care for one another physically and spiritually, to watch over one another, to hold each other accountable. I mean, these are all the commands, and there are many others besides, that would lend themselves to doing that in community. You can't do it outside of community. A great question to ask is how then would you accomplish those things that all Christians are commanded to do? How can you account for those passages outside of the realm of a local church? How does that? How do you? How do you account for these things? There's only one way that you can account for all of that information: is that there is an assumption of a local gathering, where uh, believers are gathered together under leadership. How do you account for the passages in the New Testament that say um, something to the effect of um, lend double honor to those who are um, in authority over you within right. the confines of the church? Um, the, the commands speaking to the pastoral epistles, Paul to Timothy, to um, protect the doctrine of the church, to preach the word. Well, who is Timothy supposed to preach to? Who is he? Why is he supposed to protect the doctrine of the church? There's an assumption there that there's a local gathering that he is over and that he is supposed to equip elders in other churches. Um, so all of these texts on the, uh, the church member side and the church leadership side assume the reality of a church um, right. gathering. And the writer of Hebrews speaks to the leadership of the um, yeah, elders. Yeah, I think it's Hebrews 13, I right, believe. Right, right. Hebrews 13 and how the people are to remember your leaders, those who spoke to you, the word of God, consider the outcome and the their way of life, imitate their faith. Not only that, but they are to um, submit themselves to their leaders who give an account. Verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. Keeping watch over, I love that. Keeping watch over your souls. How, isn't that a glorious grace that a believer has, that they can gather and join a church, and they can be, by God's design, being kept watch over and guarded and nurtured through the word of God by qualified men who are, you know, according to first Timothy three or two um, and, and so forth. I mean, what a beautiful thing. Right. Why would you not want that? So believers then, the expectation is then that believers will participate in that. They will yes. be a part of a community yes. in which people can share care for their Amen. souls Amen. and they can be a part of the sanctification process that happens as we love one another and serve for one another and edify one another. I think about Colossians. Colossians is another great place. Yes, chapter 3, in which Paul uh, encourages the people and says in verse 15 of chapter 3, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell, dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But the, the key is you can sing in private, 
But the key is with one another. That's the idea that you're admonishing one another. How are you doing that? You're singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're being thankful together. The teaching and the admonishing is done in community. Yes, and if, and if you were to look at the context, there could be a, you know, an objection raised. Well, you can do one another's with your family, with your your blood family, like your children and your spouse. That's true, but the context of Colossians 3 is not has nothing to do with the blood relations. Right. It has everything to do with salvation and the implications following you've been brought into the family of God. So now what? And that's the big question. Right. You've been saved, you've come to saving faith in Christ. The Lord has, uh, you've been born again. Now what? Right? right. That's, the, that's the question that we're answering. Yes. And so what we've been able to do, hopefully for the listeners, been able to just try to give some basis to think about the necessity of church membership. Um, and there are other things that we can say. For example, we could talk about church discipline. That's true. And those church discipline texts. How do you account for those texts? Right. They assume church they membership. They assume church membership. Yes. They assume that there's an elder or elders over, keeping watch over their souls. Yes. And when a, when a, when a sheep is um, heading into danger, then that shepherd cares for that sheep. And through disciplinary actions, through corrective actions, and it's all through love and all for restoration, right? Right. How in the world does that happen if you're not connected with a local church? Right. And and the eldership actually takes a lesser role in that because it's a congregational work. It is church. a church church work. Yes. It is. And so that, again, implies and assumes that you have uh, willingly and joyfully um joined yourself with another group of believers, a specific group of believers that can be identified and that you would submit to their admonishing and rebuking and reproving and exhorting uh, in your life. Yes. And the the, the other side of that coin is that you would be able, by God's grace at some point, to help someone else to uh, get out of their, the pit that they've fallen in sin-wise. Yes. So you are helped and you're able to then help. That's the bearing one another's burdens. I think that has to do in the category of sin as well and issues. We, we bear one another's um, baggage, so to speak, that we bring into the family of God as we are, um, as pilgrim and the pilgrim's progress is plodding away toward the heavenly city, right? Right. Um, Mark Dever gives one um, thought about church membership that that typically we don't talk about and don't think a lot about, but it's the idea that to join a local church is to evangelize the world. Mm. Because what we're doing is we're marking off ourselves as to what the gospel has done. It's transformed us. It's changed us and made us different people. And so now we're living in such a way that it shows what true conversion looks like. And we mark ourselves off by regular church attendance, by caring for our other brothers and sisters in Christ. We love one another, as Jesus says, uh, obviously in um, John chapter 13, that they will know, that is the world will know that we are disciples when we have love for one another, when we're true followers of Christ. And so then that is a way of evangelism that we don't typically think about. Yes. And we don't mean to say that evangelism, you can be done without words. We we don't communicate that. But that is a means by which that we are identified as something other. We're marked off. This is that I've chosen you as a holy nation, a royal priesthood set apart for me, right? 
as God's people. I want to read a quote from uh, a fantastic book on the topic of ecclesiology, and that's just the big systematic theology word of the doctrine of the church. And as we wrap up this episode, um, Dr. Jeffrey Johnson, who's a pastor up in Arkansas, um, he's seminary uh, president of Grace Bible Theological Seminary, and he is the lead pastor elder of Grace Bible Church in Conway, Arkansas. Um, he's done a documentary video, movie rather, with Media Gratier. Um, it came out a while back, and there's a, a book that we have that is a, a companion to that documentary that he wrote on the church, and it's beautiful. I just want to read a quote quickly from page 27 on his chapter on the membership of the church. Dr. Johnson uh, writes this, quoting, The primary reason for going to church is not to become a better parent, spouse, worker, or citizen, but rather to worship God. Those who only go to church to gain skills to to better cope with life's problems have misunderstood the purpose of the church. Sure, the church will help the Christian in all those areas of life, but the ultimate goal of the Christian is not self or work or family but it is God. Christians are to go to church to glorify God. And if God is to be the center of the Christian life, this is so good. If God is to be the center of the Christian life and the center of the Christian family, then church by by necessity is to be the center of the Christian schedule. And I love that because um, I've heard recently some, some work and some other conversations regarding this. Say you're moving to a different city for a job or you are some a life change has happened and you're relocating. Many people pick a place to move based on income and um, materialistic things. But as Christians, we ought to be one of the first things we think about is not just a better paycheck or something, although that is important, of course. But we should be looking where is a a place that we can move that we can find a faithful local body to immediately get plugged into, and to be cared for and to be a part of a local church. There's so many things there. Right. I didn't want to open up a can of worms, but I thought that was a great quote that he has there right. for the Christian. And that book called The Church by Dr. Jeffrey Johnson is um, a book that we make available to our prospective members and certainly to our membership. And we'll make it available to any of you who are listening to this episode right now. If that is something that you have an interest in, uh, just come by the church office, call the church office. Uh, we'll make a copy of the book available to you free of charge. Uh, we think it, it is, it is helpful as a supplement for what we talk about in our new members classes and uh, certainly helpful for any believer. Yeah, and this is not just for new members. This is for anybody who, right. who wants to grow deeper in their knowledge of what the church is and who it's what the church is for and the, the, the believer's role in that. I mean, anyone, all, all of our church members ought to have this and read through this. It's a tremendous resource. So as we... Uh, as we kind of bring this episode to a close, Jason, would you have any, I'm going to pose a little scenario to you and put you on the spot. Okay. Okay. Picture this. Um, we have a Sunday morning, a, a, a regular Sunday morning. The Lord has brought many, our, our sanctuary is filled. We have some guests and someone pulls you aside in the hallway right after church is over, hustle and bustle. People are coming and going and they say, pastor, um, I love what's going on here, but I'm just not quite convinced about um, church membership. I'm struggling with that. What would be a 30-second response to that individual? How would you encourage them, and what would you do next? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Right. Well, um, 
I think that the immediate response that I would say is you need to join a local church to assure yourself of your salvation. Great. Because, so flesh that out just a little bit. Okay. So if you if you truly are a believer, you have come to faith in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, then certainly you have been changed to desire to be obedient, to grow in grace and knowledge, to be filled with the knowledge of his will, then the means that God has given us is the church. So assure yourself of your salvation by being willing to associate with another local body of believers. Yeah, and I think a simpler way to put that would be, I've heard it put this way, and this has been this is one of those sticky statements that I hear all, have heard, but you can't love Christ and not love his bride. That's right. And there's a disconnect there. If you profess to be a believer and to love Jesus and to love the Bible and yet have no interest in joining the local church or don't see the, the importance of it, there is a disconnect there. And... Um, it, 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 we have so much language in the New Testament of the bride. It, it, going back to Ephesians, um, uh, Paul makes the, the the argument that Christ is the head of the church. Um, the church is her is his bride, and the two are one, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah, any closing comments, and we'll wrap the episode up today. No, I, I appreciate the opportunity for us to talk about this. There were other things that we could say, and you know. Um, Perhaps we could give more clarity on some of these things in private conversation. Or, again, if you're interested in coming to the new members class, then, then we invite you to that class. And just because you attend the class doesn't mean that you're agreeing to be a member. That's open-ended. And certainly, um, any way that you are seeking membership, we want to help. And we hope this podcast episode has been helpful. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. We sure hope it's been a blessing to you. Before you go, don't forget to like and share the podcast with someone you think might benefit from it. Um, and then lastly, submit a question if you have one for us through our website. You can go to bbcemory.org, go to the media tab, and at the bottom of the page there's an opportunity to submit a question via email. But until next time, as usual, Grace and peace 